Hello and welcome to Homespun Wisdom Talks with My Neighbour with Daniel Confino, myself Sarah Sharman and another episode with Jesse the dog. Yeah, hopefully Jesse won't be too annoying. No, she's normally very good. Right Daniel, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. Very well. I, in fact I had a great start to the day. You which, did? Which always, yeah, it's nice because I, I had to deal with some Japanese um, business associates and because of the time difference, it had to be quite early this morning. And because it was a Zoom call, I had to have a, you know, normally I shave once a week on a Sunday in lockdown, but I, I had to have a special shave. Okay, it's like washing your hair on a Thursday, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had to make myself look good. And, and thanks for your help with, you know, how to set up the camera on a tripod. So I, I must admit my background and, and angles and everything were way better than everybody else's. They looked like they would just prop their camera up, you know, on a table and look terrible. They might have been inspired by your views and thought, actually, next time I'm going to make myself look like Daniel. Yeah, well, I, I have to be careful not to turn my head because I have got a ponytail, which wouldn't go down well in my business circle. So I have to remember rigidly to keep my head straight on to camera and not do any profile stuff or, or turn my head whilst looking for something because that would destroy my business. Have you not done a DIY haircut? <laughs> had lots of offers I think a lot of people are offering to do you know a sort of a, a basic chop these days but um, I don't know I, I find it quite convenient I, I always used to look at girls doing their long hair in ponytails the way they opened up the elastic thing and then managed to fit it through and then twist it and get it round a second time and then pull their hair apart you know to bring it tight up against the the back of the head and I, I always thought that's brilliant I mean they, they do that without even looking and I thought how do they do that and, but I've learned to do it. In fact, I think it's called a Croydon facelift. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's the one where they scrape it all the way back from the front. Yeah, and then and... tighten it round the back. Yeah, know. super tight. So I've given myself a you know a Greenwich facelift, a Greenwich which is facelift. like a really upmarket version of the Croydon one. You know? Oh yes, 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 of, of course. Yeah, well, you know, Croydon is I don't know. Croydon has all sorts of problems these days, apparently. But it's changing. No, they're trying to give it a makeover, but it's not changing. Well, you can always try and give things a makeover, and I think that's a bit what our yes, yes, the, the, our the, episodes about, you, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Do you salvage things and you know make them useful? There's a lot of people who go around skips, as we well know, you know, looking for useful stuff. Yeah. And then they are people who can make things totally from scratch. From scratch, and then they're people who are just buy things you mm. know and sometimes you have to sit there and work out which is the best option for whatever it is you want which i did the other week actually you've been after a bookcase haven't you i have i searched online for what i wanted and i can't quite find it because i want my shelves to be different heights and i want uh, the whole thing to be a particular width if only you lived with somebody that made furniture for a living that would be so ideal wouldn't it Ironically, I do. Oh, my word. Yes. So I've got a very talented housemate. I've got a few talented housemates. And uh, this particular one could help me with my request. Yeah. There's this saying, isn't there, that the, the shoemaker's children always go unshod. You know, you never do anything for those immediately around you. Mm. You just do it for sort of paying customers. Yes. I was going to make it myself. I was going to make it from wood and just 
you know, it would be quite simple. Can you explain the different levels point? I didn't follow that. You said you want a shelving system with different levels. Yes. You so mean I that, can... but not just shelves one above the other then? No, they will go above each other, but the yeah. height's different. So I can have one with... Are you going to adjust it, you mean? With Yes, with higher shelves for big books and folders. Yeah, yeah. One for my stereo. Yeah. Another for smaller books. Another for medium books. Do people still have stereos? I thought they just had smart speakers and stuff. Oh no, I need to play my CDs. Such better quality. Yeah, it is. Because people don't realise about compression, mm. which they get on these files. It just takes all the good stuff out of the recordings, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. The stereo I have, I've had since I was 14 or 15. Yeah. I mean... Hi-fi is not a term you hear much anymore, but for those of you that haven't, it stands for high fidelity mm. because it gives a beautiful rendition of with all the nuances of the original recording. Uh. And you only get that with good kit. Unfortunately, we've all been persuaded to stream everything, which is a shitty, oh, excuse me, uh, is a poor recording compressed for you know to save space digitally and then it's pumped out through some sort of idiotic smart speaker that mm. you know no decent loudspeaker maker would ever put their name to i've actually got quite a few different devices to play music on yeah. and aren't people going back to vinyl they might be restoring yeah. old yeah. record players yeah. finding a vintage one getting a new needle making sure the turntables go in smoothly valve amplifiers is what they're after you know they're the ones that used to take about five minutes to warm up they've got Oh. They look like complicated bulbs in them that glow red. And, of course, now it's all what they call solid-state transistors. But in the old days, it was with valves, which were like mm. complicated light bulbs. And you could see when they broke because they wouldn't light up. So it was very easy. you just buy a new one. I used oh, to have okay. an old valve amplifier given to me by my godfather, oh, who was a very wealthy man, lived in Grosvenor Square. Okay. Had a Rolls-Royce. Mm. Um but then this is the thing. Do you spend money on buying something old and restoring it? Yep. Or do you just buy it brand new and think, oh, it's newer, but it's not built to last? No. Newer things are not New built things to last. are built to, to break one day after the warranty ends. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you, if it's got a 12-month warranty on day 366, you can be sure it will go kaput. Yeah. Um, and I know about some of this stuff because um, we talked in a previous episode about my VW van, didn't mm -hmm. we? Which was an original German one, yeah. converted by, you know, Westphalia, which is one of the good companies that puts in all the kitchens and whatever. And then it went; it started to be made in Brazil, mm. and um, and they brought them over as, and put in modern bits and pieces. I mean, it just doesn't work. They. they 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 don't hold their value at all those ones you know the people want the old ones which have the, the durability and were made to last right and it's so true of so many things they're just made to a price you know not to not to last forever mm. and i think that's a it's terribly wasteful i mean we, we're talking about um you know the green aspects of buying and stuff but i mean something that breaks it quickly yeah. and you have to throw away because it's not repairable mm. i mean do you remember the kenwood chef mixer yes i mean it's one of these things that that people had for years and years you know my mum's still got her kenwood yeah and it's probably as good as ever right yeah yeah 
If you bought some modern nonsense, you'd have probably had three of them by now. Actually, the same, not the exact same, but obviously because one's my mother's, this same Kenwood I saw in a museum in New Zealand. And I thought, my mum's got that. And they have it in a museum. But it was probably a museum of, of design icons rather than a museum of old kit. Yes. Because it is a design icon. Things mm. get to that point where you just don't want to fiddle with them anymore. You know, that's it. Just leave it. Yeah. We love it the way it is. It may be quirky and maybe you could do this. But this need for constant improvement, you know. Mm. I mean, I, I see these BMW adverts and they used to say things like 300 improvements, which first of all made you think, well, what was wrong with the last one? Yeah. Not that I've ever owned one. But, you know, it's kind of like, well, if it, if it was that easy to make all those improvements, you weren't thinking hard enough last time. Oh. It's the same issue with when it says under new management at a place. Okay. Kind of thinking... Well, they're, they're advertising it's under new management, so obviously the previous management was rubbish. Otherwise, they wouldn't be saying that, would they? You know, if, if, the, if the previous management were great, yes. you would just say, staying with the, the same good standards. Or maybe know? it's an excuse. No change. If someone's been used to going there, and they say, oh, under new management, and you come out thinking, oh, that was awful. Well, the reason being is because it's under new management. Yep. So they're just excusing themselves from the beginning. Well, so I think all these, you know, all these changes don't, for me, don't don't sell something. I, I'd like to think that somebody put the effort in and got it right, tested it, and left it at that. Yeah. But look here, here I think we're we're straying off the subject. I, I was when you asked to talk about this, and, mm -hmm. and you, you give me no time to prepare, and we never prepare anything. It's it's absurd. The, the, the way Daniel, we just you walk, are prepared for this. The, the way we just walk in and, and talk about whatever comes into our head. But I did have one thing in mind. Yes. That you you know we have a house in France. You you've been there. I have. Yeah. Can we cook paella for you? You did. Yeah. With some crazy Germans. Yes. Yeah. They seemed quite nice and not crazy at all. Um. One of them tried to buy my van from me, didn't he? Ah, oh, yes, I remember the thing. We had to fake picture. up that he had bought it so he could upset one of his friends who said he'd never be able to afford one. Ah. But anyway, um, we're getting off the subject. Jane wanted a, a, sh a shed in the garden, you see, to store her tools and gardening stuff and, right. and bird boxes and you know, all that kind of paraphernalia. So I thought, I, we go there for the whole of August, typically. Mm. And uh, I thought that I would just go and buy one. I noticed there was a DIY place down the road and opposite was a shed building company. I went there with every intention of sort of choosing a shed and having them come and do all the work, you know. But when I went down there, even for like 2,600 euros, what they were offering was something horrible, you know. I, I couldn't see it ever being in the garden because mm. Jane has some standards, as you, you know. Yes. And so I thought, well, anyway, well, for 2,600 euros, that's a lot of money. And I could build something way better and I'm sure cheaper. Although I hadn't really thought about the cost properly, I didn't do any, you know, any work on it. I just decided I was not going to have theirs, so I made that that decision to build rather than to buy, build it myself. And I, to be fair, I'd never built anything as big as a shed <laughs> before. I'm quite good with carpentry. Mm. I learned it at school. You know, Vic Slee was my carpentry teacher, and he had this strange thing about wood on wood. <coughs> you know, if you if you if you used a chisel with a wooden handle, you had to hit it with a wooden mallet. You know, if you used a metal hammer, oh. he would come and hit you on the head with the wooden mallet saying wood on wood as a reminder. They can't do that today, you know. No. And if, you know, if, 
I mean, he did have a circular saw as well, which made me wonder how far he was prepared to go. <laughs> um, so I decided to make it. And normally we go for a nice holiday in August, you know, where we do all sorts of crazy things, go to the beach a lot. That August, I just built the shed. I got up early in the morning. I, to begin with, I had to design it because, you know, you can't just sort of stop knocking things together and, and Jane made it even more complicated by wanting a corner cut off so rather than having a rectangular shape it was like a rectangular shape with the corner cut off so she wasn't obstructed as she walked past oh, the shed okay, I see. And, but then she wanted an overhang on the roof and then she wanted a pitched roof which was green a green roof for growing things and then just when I thought I'd cracked all the other problems my son Joshua who's an architect well you, you know he's trained uh, and his friend, who's also an architect, came to stay, and, and they decided that the centre line of the roof couldn't be the centre of the building, but the centre over the door, which was to one side, because of this cut-off point. So everything was made as complicated as it could be. And, and remember, and you thought, oh, I wish I just bought a shed. The, the largest <laughs> thing I'd ever made was a window box. You know? <laughs> so um, yeah, and, and the other thing is, I discovered that the local DIY centre and I love wood actually I have a real feel for wood mm. it's not true about the window box I have done more complicated things um, actually no I don't think I have um, but anyway uh, they had this wood called Douglas fir Douglas fir is an extraordinary wood it's a bit like a redwood and if you ever see a what looks like a pine tree growing incredibly straight and tall um, the trunk that is a Douglas fir and they are highly valued for ships masts for that reason so you can cut a ship's mast out of one of those without too much difficulty because mm. it's so straight and it's also very impervious to weather you know it's a naturally good outdoor wood like cedar mm. and they sold it in plank form down at my local DIY thing and I, I basically made the whole shed out of this one piece of wood one section of wood mm. and it took me a whole month Wow! and I did green roof it and it's got a frilly barge board edging to it, copied from a British Rail station. Um, and it looks a bit like an alpine shed or resort, you know. It's actually a work of great beauty. I'm yeah. very proud of it. And I look at it and I get great satisfaction. The sort of satisfaction you could never get from looking at the thing you bought, you know. Yes. And I think that's something that's missing. <clears throat> I think that repair shop program, okay. you can feel the joy that they get oh, in that yeah. program from putting things back to right. Yeah, I then... quite enjoy making things as well. Yeah, tell me more. But then sometimes it just doesn't go too smoothly and you put something together and you go, oh no, it needs to move over a few inches or uh, I haven't cut it properly, it doesn't line up. Yeah. There was a, a time... Are you I a perfectionist was... though? No. You're not. Good enough person. I, good enough. Just get the job Serviceable, done. If I have okay, an idea... Okay, does the job. Yeah, if I have an idea, I have to execute it straight away. Yeah. So... Should I be worried about myself? Maybe about your I mean, son. Should I put the sabatiers <laughs> away before I come round here? But, uh, yeah, so ideally, if I come up with an idea, either make it or buy it as soon as I can. Yeah. So then I can put it to use. There's no point waiting months and months. No dilly-dallying, oh, fiddly-faddling. What, no. what are all the other words for dilly? Is it dilly-dallying? Is dilly that even a word? Yeah, It is a word. The same. But, uh, yes, you know, some people, they ask their partners, oh, can you do this for me? 
two years later. I'm still waiting for you to do that. Oh yeah, the DIY sort of um, list. Yeah, you know, the, what do you call it? Anyway, carry on. But then sometimes it's just easier to purchase an item. The nag list, that's what I was thinking. Uh -huh. the but then do you buy new? Mm. Would you search for it secondhand first, the used item, perfect condition? I, I thought you started with the, the local skips. No, no, no. Skips are hard to get into these days. <laughs> Apparently, you've got to book an appointment to go to the to the uh, council skip. You, you do. I have to show proof of address. Oh, that's ridiculous. I mean, I always wear trousers, and so they, they never let me in. But I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why you have to book an appointment because. Surely this is just resulting in fly tipping, which isn't such a bad thing at times if the items are placed nicely. No, so someone else not. and there's always a toilet in the middle of them can come and take it and make use of it. There was a nice table down the road actually today, and when I was walking the dog, I looked at it for several minutes, thinking, "Can I use it? Do I need it? Where can I put it?" Mm. If it's there, I'll take it on my way back. If it's not, it's a sign I don't need it you anymore. See, um... I mean, Jane, when, <coughs> when, we, when we were living in, the, in this road and had open fires, she would she would look at everything in terms of its combustibility. Because ah. ultimately, even if she couldn't use it, she could burn it. Mm. So Which the, is sad for someone else, because if it's something still in good condition... Well... But first come, first served, I guess. Well, I mean, you know, she wouldn't destroy nice things. I mean, you know, but uh, I guess... She would actually get a lot of scrap wood, you know, pallets and... Oh, yeah. stuff that wasn't going to be used so that was fair enough yes I uh, I may have mentioned before we used to collect wood and then I thought I'm collected a bit too much and I live in a flat and I don't have a a real fireplace so it's just Daniel it looks like no, no, I'm boring you no 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 I, I was thinking that a long time ago you mentioned a bookcase that no one was going to make for you yes where did we get to with that? Have you, you say you, you move quickly from idea to execution. Yes. What, what have you done about that? Well, this morning I asked my housemate, realistically, will you be able to make me this bookcase? And? He said, yes, if you come to the workshop and make it yourself. Well, maybe he could help you. Yes, maybe. I mean, you, you know, you don't want, there's some heavy equipment down there, isn't I there? I was asking a before i asked joshua i asked my neighbor barry who has his own furniture company what's it called again axiom furniture axiom, yes. very good very good very expensive no 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 i, I, I don't think for so. someone who's not currently working very expensive well, i mean but worth it worth it i mean for instance barry made sam and me in a room divider that has such a wow factor when people come around take a look at his website his pieces are just beautiful. It's work, works of art. So that was my other option. Ask Barry to uh, produce a piece for me. And cost, if you're looking for something with longevity, pay the price. Isn't that so, Daniel? Yes. Because if you buy cheap, you buy twice. I'm well, not I mean, looking for some like high street bookcase. Yeah. That, just to be clear, we're talking about Axion, A-X-I-O-N for November, Furniture Makers Limited. Hmm. They, they do um, wonderful big desks for companies. Dining um, tables. Yeah, I mean, you know, the reception desks. If, if you ever go into Cannon Street Station, in the old days, you used to do that. Right by it, there's a, a, an office with an incredible white 
rounded desk and it's just a piece of work and Barry made that. He's done some incredible things. But he also does more modest things. Yes. Um, but but you're right. And there's a sort of... People, you said it was expensive. You see, and of course, it's, a, it's quite a lot of money, but it's a bit like clothes. If you if you spend, let's say, £10 on, a, on an item of clothing and wear it once, it might seem cheap in some ways, but it's £10 per wear. Yeah. If you buy something for £100 and you wear it 100 times, mm. it's £1 per wear. Right. You know, I always equate one pound to a jam donut at the yeah. cheese board in Greenwich because that's what they charge for the best jam donut in the world. So whenever I'm thinking about how much money I've made or lost, I, I always equate it to a unit of currency that I can relate to, which is a jam donut. <laughs> so I, I actually bought um, a off we off road buggy for our granddaughter because I I was worried in the park that if you stuck to the paths, you you pass too many people too closely. You know, they're all. Con- on the tarmacy bits, yeah. So I thought I would get the ultimate off-road buggy, so that I was, you know, able to just sort of saunter. Now, yeah. because this is a buggy, main, that will be stored at your house. Yeah. For when you have the child. Aria. Did you? Oh no! This is going to be find difficult. a particular brand mm-hmm. and then check various websites, or did you think it's not going to be used? very often let me see if I can find someone who's either giving away one or yep. selling one at half the price yeah okay can I answer that it's a question directed to you so please well, I think you're right because so far and I'm going to give you some numbers here the buggy cost 250 pounds right which isn't too bad no, in... no and that was actually a bargain compared to what it should normally be because I started my research on which you know right. the consumers association yeah and this was highly highly recommended it was it was said to be available for 500 to 600 pounds mm. but i found it to answer your question for 262 pounds to be precise which was a bit of a bargain but at the moment aria has only been in it once so using my and the technical term here is amortization which is when you divide the number of times you've used it by the price you mm. see. it's cost 262 pounds <laughs> to take her on this trip which actually is quite expensive now if she, if she goes on a second trip, we're down to 131. Yeah. And, and a third trip, I can't do the maths, but it's um, about 70. Uh, no, 90. God, uh, brain's not working. Yeah, about 90 pounds a trip. So you, you can see that every time she goes in it, the cost per trip comes down dramatically. I mean, to keep it simple, when she's been in it 262 times, mm. it will just have cost a jam donut so per trip. If so, anyone out there is looking for a premium <laughs> buggy at a great price... Do contact us. It's only been used once. <laughs> I have ambitions of taking her again, but there's a bit of a, I would call it a buggy clash when, when Sam and Mean will come round. Mm. They come round in their nice buggy, which is, you know, suitable for all ages from birth through yeah. to whatever. And you can, it's got a cosy toes or whatever they call them so she can be inside it all nice and snug. Whereas ours is a kind of rough terrain thing, you know, which is a bit more rough and ready. Um, she needs to be properly wrapped up. It doesn't have all that kind of clever stuff. Oh, that's um, probably why it was two fifty. And there's, a, yes, and there's a lot of discussion about swapping her between the buggies, you know. Um, and often she stays in the in the original buggy. So I'm just thinking that's another, you know, 131 jam donuts that just got wasted. So on um, a serious note, if you're looking to purchase a buggy, <laughs> but it. But so I did do my homework. I, I first of all I found a very good quality one, mm. which has actually got a chassis, unlike most buggies that just have a wheel at each corner, 
and a flimsy frame. This has actually got a chassis, so you can actually swap out the front double wheels, mm. the two wheels, for a single wheel. Just a simple little manoeuvre. And, and this lovely lady, Holly, uh, Maxi Cozy. So warm feeling, isn't it? <laughs> Although my Maxi Cozy doesn't have anything to keep, unfortunately, area of Maxi Cozy. It's pretty much exposed to the elements. I'm sure for more money they'd sell me. Yes, definitely. But this lovely lady, Holly, sent me a, a, a single wheel to replace the double wheel. Should I? And you can lock it so you can run with the buggy as well. Ah. It's a piece of work, this buggy. I love it. Yes. But I've only had one chance to show it off to full advantage. Oh. It's got massive wheels, good height, clearance off the ground, you know, go anywhere buggy. So if anyone out there is looking to purchase. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, yeah, but you, I think your your philosophy here, Sarah, is I should have looked in the next door or second hand or... Yeah, just find one locally. There's, there's people, there's lots of stuff that's just going begging, basically. Yes, yes. And I am a firm believer of reusing. Yeah. I in second hand, getting a great deal, negotiating for a good price. I'll tell you what I love about buying things second hand is that you get over that kind of thing about things being very new I mean if you if you buy a brand new car for instance mm. and anything happens to it it's like the world's come to an end right if you just buy something that's a bit you know already had a bit of life a bit of experience a couple of knocks here and there maybe you know then just feel more comfortable about it you get to a point with a car where you're just entirely comfortable about it. if somebody does something you know, it's not the end of the world mm. but there's that whole kind of business of something being brand new even the White expression trainers. You, yeah, even that expression "brand new" just you know so redolent of uh, that, that sort of you, you just know it's going to go wrong somehow. Mm. You know you're, you're you're heading for a fall. So yeah, if you can buy something that's already had a bit of history, you just avoid all that. So I always buy demonstrator cars, okay. which have done maybe six or seven thousand miles, and and they you know it's yeah. funny. I bought Jane her Peugeot coupe, and and um, the manager had the uh, the the garage had had it and one of his kids had taken out the cigarette lighter you know because they still had those and mm. pressed it into the plastic oh. so they created this thing and he was so distraught about it, this guy you know I just thought it was quite nice it was just like a bit of patina you know a bit of signs that had a story mm. you know I mean uh, I have this joke that, that when I you know, I've got these shirts and I always spill things on the front Okay. Luckily, I've got a big enough belly that nothing ever gets passed onto my trousers. You know, I was joking with Samuel the other day that he always gets stains on his trousers because he's got a nice tight stomach. You know, whereas mine never get past my belly, which is always forming a perfect seal against the edge of the table. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, when I look at my shirts, you know, each of them tells a story. You know, there's that stain I got at that. Do you remember that amazing meal we had at? Yeah. And I think that, that when things are brand new, they're just featureless, they're characterless, they mm. have no history, they're, they're devoid of personality. So I, I'm with you, if at all possible, yeah. I would rather buy something second-hand. Um, do you remember the idea of putting on, you, you mentioned white trainers, and I think shoes are a particular thing, aren't they, that you do buy new, mm. because um, they need to fit. And, yeah. But then there's that first scuff, isn't there? Oh, yes. Tell me about your first scuff. How upset you get i mean it's only upsetting for like the first five minutes but it's something that needs to happen yeah get over it but not too soon you don't want to step out the front door and then instantly Immediately. yes yeah actually i wore some uh like pinky talk, talk cream. to the microphone talk to the microphone some pinky cream 
suede shoes the other day. Jesse wasn't around, so I thought, oh, I'm not taking the dog for a walk. I'm not going to be in any mud. I can put some nice shoes on and walk around. So you weren't going to the Nunhead Cemetery, in other words. That's it. I thought, yes, I look lovely. But then I ended up collecting Jessie. And within five minutes of her being in my presence, she stood on me with her mucky paws. Oh. And I was like, oh. But suede, you just let it dry and then you can brush it off. So yeah. you've always got to be well equipped. But back to making, if I can just swing back quickly before we round it up for the day. I had an idea, every so often I look around my room or around the flat and I think, oh, something needs changing. How can I change it without spending much money? And my wardrobe was causing me a bit of distress. I'm like, my clothes, there's just too many of them, but I need all of them, I wear all of them. I was like, maybe I'll change my wardrobe because of good four or five inches between the wardrobe and the wall and I thought that's valuable space if I could get a rail longer and create a wider wardrobe a lot of my stresses will vanish so I contacted my friend Denny who's a local carpenter it's like Denny uh, I want to change this and add this there maybe just a built-in fixture how much is it going to be he gave me a price I was like oh that's fine but then I thought, I need to sell the wardrobes that I've got, and then that will give me money to spend on a new one. But then it's an Ikea wardrobe, it's rather big, it'll need to be dismantled. And even though I'd put it up for sale, I wasn't getting any interest in. So I thought, I'm going to have to come up with a different solution, but it's one of these pack wardrobes that you can change the design yourself. Daniel, you look like you're about to fall asleep no 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 i, I, I hope my listeners are still there just, just getting the sleep out of my eye so i just rearranged everything i got more drawers to put in i've got two of these wardrobes so on the far side i guess it's meant to be his and hers but it's mine 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 Welcome. <laughs> but I... Uh, I found a solution oh you did and the drawers i didn't buy from ikea because i found cheaper on ebay and various other sources then there were also some Muji containers that are really rather expensive from the shop. Found a few, it took me a few weeks, but saved so much money by sourcing things online. Yeah. And I also got Barry to cut one of the drawers down. So there was a smaller gap in between the drawers so I could fit in a thinner one. So if you just have the time to think, you can like, oh, I can find a solution. Yeah. I can make something there. Lastly, oh, I'm just going to have to buy it. Yeah. Well, I think you do have to do a bit of homework, you know, and before you buy big things, you need to think hard because once they're there, they, they occupy all that space, don't mm. they? And if it's a mistake, you know, they, you have to live with it. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, I was going to say on the subject of your wardrobe, rather than extending the amount of stuff that you can house mm. in, in your wardrobes, maybe you should have thought harder about what you really needed in your wardrobe. I, I mean, have, several times. I mean, you're, you're lucky in that I don't believe your shape changes very much. Not too much, no. but, but there are a lot of young ladies out there, and more mature ladies, who have three wardrobes. The one that used to fit them, uh. the one that recently fitted them, and the one that currently fits them. And, and that one is two pairs of unstructured put-on pants and some T-shirts, mm. or leggings. 
and all the others are a sort of a, a distant echo of their former, former shapely self. self, which they keep in the vain and yeah. forlorn hope that one day somehow they will fit back into it. But if they were truly honest with themselves, they could eliminate quite a lot. They could of them. just say no. You know that isn't going to happen. Well, actually, <laughs> my friend Melissa had to get rid of a lot of her clothes because she changed in size. But I said to her, instead of just throwing them out, I was like, you can just sell this for a bundle and put yeah. it online. She's like, well, that's too much effort. Oh, there and are like people who do it for you, you know, but I think they have rules about the minimum value of the items. I mean, I did end up doing it for her at yeah. no cost. But uh, I said, it doesn't take very long. Just slap on the app. She got at least £60 for all the items she was she had there. I was like, £60? Yeah. That's well, look, um, Sarah, do we have time for one more story? or do you, do you Yeah, know? go for it, Daniel. Because I, I, I wanted to tell you the story of when I had to buy six chairs. Um, and um, I went, uh, they needed to be mid-century Danish rosewood chairs. Mm. So, you know, Ikea was out of the question. Yeah. Um, unless it was vintage, but I'm not sure they did that ever. Um, so I went to the Danish home store which is brilliant actually um, I've never been there I mean sorry I went to their site and they had lots of chairs and uh, they had six perfect chairs but they had spent a lot of money putting some horrible fabric on them I just wish they'd left them for the you know for me to choose the covering yeah because they'd put money into some horrible thing you know which I I, I was clearly gonna have to change so mm. I think I've referenced um, uh, Mark Fothergill in the past, haven't I? My leather man in Ludlow. Oh, yes. So um, basically what I had to do was strip the tops, send them, well, they sent them, the Danish home store sent them to Mark. Mm. Um, Matt, what am I talking about? Mark, Matt Fothergill. Um, and he recovered them oh. with leather, which came from the neck of some beast because it had those sort of lines, the creases that you can only get on the neck leather. Oh. I um, covered these chairs that were sat on in my dining room. Well, yeah, okay. yes, very good. I mean, uh, I, I tried to make a joke with with um, Jason from the Danish Home Store because um, I wanted to make it clear to him that he'd made a very bad choice in, in, in wasting money on, on choosing something that the customer might not like. You know, mm. so I said I'm I'm, I'm trying to recover. <laughs> there we go. From the chairs, you know, he didn't get it. Unfortunately, um, I was trying to, you know, it's a play on words. I know, I got it. Yeah, he didn't. Ah. I mean, anyway. Um, but yes, I'm buying things secondhand and, and doing a bit of upscaling. Is that the word? Upcycling? Something where you improve on them. Yeah. You know? So you buy something that's not great and then you, you make it better. So I had them covered in this lovely tan leather, mm. um, which Matt did beautifully. Yeah. And so now. We said, well, you parked your your derriere on, on one or two of them in the past, haven't you? Yeah, no, they feel what fine. Do you, what do you reckon? Comfortable, warm. Yeah, and leather's a nice natural fabric, you know, yeah. fabric product. Yeah. Well, look, I, I mean, hopefully um, um, our loving listeners have, have managed to extract, because it's quite hard sometimes with us as we wander around and meander through our subjects to know what wisdom to actually extract from all this. But yeah. um, but hopefully something has um, jumped out yes. to um, commend itself to, to them all uh, and something useful they can apply in their own lives. Yes, maybe they're now thinking, oh, I don't need to buy that. I can 
make it, alter it, sand yep. it down, give it a look of paint. Or find it on Marketplace, Gumtree, all other websites are available. And In, save a few pennies. Indeed. And, and, and I would advocate finding something to make that you can enjoy looking at as a piece with pride as something that you, that you have achieved like a child <laughs> if you have been made of it during lockdown of those <laughs> haven't they <laughs> you think it's a bit like the, the blackouts you know when the electricity got switched off and then nine months later there was a population boom I mean, what else is there to do right yeah um yes well indeed um so sarah daniel thank you for joining me for another episode of homespun wisdom talks with my neighbour. It's been a delight, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Ciao for now. <laughs>